Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Are you guys watching this game at all? No. No, I'm not. I actually was almost falling asleep. Oh, my God. How can you not watch this game? Well, I just got out of the shower. Okay. Here's the thing. Basketball season for me doesn't start till March. I understand that. I do. But this is one of the – number one, this is a – just start rolling the tape. I have been. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I mean, this is – this is probably historically possibly the best of team Nebraska's ever had. And we're playing one of the best teams in the nation. And we're not playing that well, and we're sticking with them. Palmer's not scoring. We're like 4 of 24 from three-point range. They can hit any shots underneath. I mean, you know, and we're still in this game. And, yeah. and the thing that bothers me, the thing I, I hope we win this game. I hope that we win this game for, for the the reason that, uh, well, I mean it's a win over a top program, and it will certainly help us uh, with our NCAA resume, but also in the Big Ten standings. But another big reason is is because I'm I'm really fucking tired of the Nebraska ball basketball self loathing we have. You know, I understand every time we have a football loss that everybody gets down and everybody's crabby, but everybody goes into a fucking basketball game expecting a loss before it even happens. I mean, the comments on our our, our articles have been like, well, they need to beat Michigan State or I won't be impressed. What the fuck? What? Why? I mean, they're playing them decently. What's that? Was that Glenn on that last shot, Glenn Watson? I don't know. You know what I did recently? I just, I literally like this weekend, I put, I have dish network and you can put, you can put them on pause and pay five bucks a month. So I put them on pause and, uh, and, uh, I'm paying five bucks a month till like September when football season starts. And what I did was I signed up for PlayStation view to see, um, how well it did with sports. And right now it seems to be doing pretty well. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like hours behind or anything. And, uh, you know, like you said, Watson hit that shot. I don't know what fucking shot you're talking about. Oh, we're down eight right now. Yeah. Well, there's three twenty twenty one left. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's start the show. I thought we did. Well, we're, we were recording, but we hadn't. Did you hear the familiar? Hey, oh, everybody. No, I didn't. Hey everybody! Right, let's welcome get this to rolling. Your boy has a paper to finish. I'm trying. I'm trying. Let me get. Let me get through this intro. Okay. Hey everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted by JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahachko, and for the first time in dare I say almost a calendar month, I'm joined by my right hand, Mr. Hoss Reuter. And John Hello. Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, it is good to be here with you again talking 
Nebraska athletics and Lord knows what else we're going to cover uh, in this episode. I threw the uh, the posts out there on social media early today, and I, I get it. You know, 10 hours might not be enough time for some people to, uh, you know, see it. But I said, hey, we don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. If there's something you want us to cover, throw it in the comments. And two Facebook posts and a Twitter tweet, we got nothing back. So obviously people are as excited uh, for this as, as can possibly be. They're on pins and needles, needles and pins. And as you heard, uh, we're live watching, covering concentrating, focusing on Nebraska basketball versus the number six in the country, Michigan State Spartans. And at 3.20-ish left in the ballgame, Nebraska only down by eight, 56-48. You heard John say, hey, damn it, be more positive, people. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about with this Nebraska Cornhusker basketball team. And uh, they've, they've, you know, 13-4. and four, That's only two games behind the 15-2 and two Michigan State Spartans. Uh, so, Suck it up. Mitch Lohmeyer and I had a, a brief but uh, energetic chat over the weekend about Nebraska ball that, of course, uh, dropped Sunday morning. And, guys, I mean, it's it's not panic time. We, we don't have to, you know, hit the panic button, run into the panic room, and, and uh, you know, sit in the fetal position rocking back and forth until April. It's okay to be a Husker basketball fan. That's what I do. I usually sit in the fetal position until April. <laughs> You sit in the fetal position till spring football. Yeah, yeah. you do. I mean, the, yeah, the you Chiefs do. are giving me something to be excited about. I, you know what, and and from the deepest corners of my heart, I hope that you continue to be excited after this weekend. I hope the Chiefs are victorious and put those good for nothing rat bastard Patriots out of the playoffs. Couldn't have said it better myself. Even as somebody who's got a little bit of love for New England. It does. There's no love this weekend. And uh, say goodbye to Haas Reuter, everybody. He's no longer part of the show. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm right now, ticket prices have dropped to like 165 bucks for AFC Championship game tickets. Well, why don't and you make sure that your I'm team's really going to be there first? Fighting the urge to order them. Like I'm just like you know, 165 bucks is a lot of money. You know, I'm I'm teaching. You know, in practicum teaching again. This semester, opportunity to work, you know, more hours at my job isn't there. And then I, I'm like, yeah, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime with the Chiefs. It's probably a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> opportunity. Uh, um, so, yeah, I'm fighting that. I mean, if it was 165 bucks for a Nebraska, you know, nat- national championship game ticket, uh, it could be played in, you know, Siberia. And I'd spend the money and go, but much I like the Chiefs, there's not that emotional connection to them like there is with Husker football. What about Haas? And this is a serious question because it's something that Husker fans uh, will likely be facing in the near future. Now I'm not going to, you know, go right out and what say, in the fuck are you calling in this game? I love it. Uh, not the result, but I love John. It's just violent outbursts. So, Haas. Uh, okay, so yeah. here's how this goes, hey, all right? Hey, hey, hey. Here's how this goes. Here's how this goes. And I wrote the article about how difficult it was to win on the road in the Big Ten. I'm sure thousands of people read the thing because it's all full of data and knowledge, right? And it, but it also included a study that said very specifically that refs call in favor of the home team 
And when the fouls are lopsided late in there in the game, they start making up the foul calls to even up the foul calls. So Nebraska got out to a six to one edge in foul calls. Isaiah Roby has just fouled out with a minute 50 left. We're down by 10, so we're probably going to lose. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, now they start making it up. And you look at some of these fucking foul calls, and I'm sure both – this is what makes me completely batshit insane about basketball. I don't understand what they're calling. They beat the fuck out of each other sometimes, and then the next time down the court, one guy bumps another guy, and the ref goes, ah, oh, well, that's a foul this time. A little dinger went off of my head and a buzzer in my pocket. I don't know what it is. You know, I can understand watching football, why they don't call holding. Because they'd have to call it on every play or if it didn't affect the outcome of the play or shit like that. But basketball, just there's no sense to it whatsoever. It's a little little too subjective. Is that what you're trying to say? No, it's just it's. I don't even. Well, yes, it is. It is subjective. I mean, it's clearly in favor of the home team. And uh, anyway, what are you talking about? Some goddamn NFL thing, right? I was going to relay the question to Haas uh, to get his take uh, because, as Husker fans, it might be pertinent information for us to know in the near future. And as I was saying, maybe not necessarily 2019, but uh, you know, possible. And and you know, moving forward. $165 for a conference championship game? Hoss, you you uh you dropping that kind of coin going to Indy? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Pick me up on your way. Yeah, I mean. That does I'll, sound I'll, cheap. I'll get you. Yeah, I mean, if it's a big game, like, it, now, let me put it this way. If it was $165 for a ticket to see 9-3 and three Nebraska go up against 9-3 and three Michigan, you know, big game. Anytime you can win some hardware, it's always a big game. And hell, every Nebraska game is a big game. But I probably wouldn't spend it. Now, you talk $165 for, you know, number two Nebraska against number three Michigan or Ohio State. Winner goes into the playoff. Loser gets a, you know, New Year's Six consolation prize. Oh, hell yeah, I'm spending that $165. Hell, I'd spend $265. Let me ask you this. It's it's pertinent. Wouldn't you want to be there? And, and again, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I, I want to keep the price point similar. So, you know, we're talking apples and apples. 165 bucks. it's Nebraska and Michigan, or it's Nebraska-Ohio State, or Nebraska-Penn State, or I'll even throw out Nebraska-Rutgers. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, in the Big Ten Championship, and Nebraska hasn't won a Big Ten Championship since 2001. Wouldn't you want to say I was there when Nebraska, you know, got their first, uh, you know, conference titles in X amount of years? I, I think I'd want to be there for that. Yeah, I, I would too. But if we were just like nine and three with the chance to win and you know go to the Rose Bowl, I'd probably save my money for the Rose Bowl. So you're going to fly out to Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm gonna go kick it with uh, Pat and Tweety. <laughs> no, conference championship game is a little bit more in my tax bracket. I'd go. I'm just giving you the runaround, giving you the business. I was gonna say you're gonna you're you're very close to sounding like one of those old time Big Ten fans. Well, nothing is as important as the Rose Bowl. Gotta get out oh, and God, get that, to the Rose that, Bowl. That drives me nuts. It's like the Iowa fans who still wear their fucking 2016 Rose Bowl t-shirts around Omaha. It's like, y'all got boat raced. But, you know, was it 42-14? 
like you got torched. If I were you, I would torch those shirts just like Christian McCaffrey torched you guys. Ooh, burn. No, actually, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was really happy to hear that you say it like that. Yeah, the Iowa hatred never sleeps. All right, uh, John, fill us in. What's going on in Lincoln? Well, we're, we're down by 11 with 108 left. Hey, guess what? The fouls are even at eight. Well, now we're down by eight with 50.7. And Palmer just hit a hit a three-point shot from about midcourt. God, I am so far yeah, ahead. Palmer is uh, – yeah, okay, you probably are far ahead, are you? <laughs> yeah. All right, Wait, shut up, you right son right of a now. bitch. Don't make me come over there and kill you. I've come to actually like you sometimes. God, I've just realized I have an exit. I have an excellent trolling opportunity to pull on John Damn Johnston. Well, here, here's where I'm at. I'm behind both of you because I'm not watching it. I'm just, you know, I, I've got Google up and it's just kind of doing a little game cast type thing. So I'm at the one minute mark and it's 63.55. Yeah, that's the score we're at right now. Okay, well, it updated. It was at 108 for the longest time and it was a 10 point uh, Spartan lead. So. All right. Um, well, let's talk about that Clemson Alabama national championship game. Yeah, because that's timely. Yeah. Um, well, forty-one fourteen was that the final score? Uh, forty-four 44 to sixteen. 13. That was close. Shit, forty-four to fucking shit. That's what it was. It, and you know Sounds what? Like something Nick Saban would say in a meeting in August, you know, during fall camp. I don't. I don't. Yeah, like, beat forty four to shit. <laughs> I don't like Clemson, um, but I don't harbor any ill will towards them. And to to that point, I'm glad that they beat Alabama because I'm sick of Alabama and their fans. Um, I just don't want Clemson fans to become like Alabama fans, where you know they they think it's expected every year, and and you know, it, of course, I don't associate with any. Uh, Clemson fans, and I don't see. It seems like the the popular thing to do. I, I live in Southern Illinois. Everybody, there, I see more little Alabama A bumper stickers than I see Illinois I bumper stickers. You'd the, be surprised at the amount of people I see in Omaha with Bama gear on. I it, it's got to be one of those bandwagon things, is it not? It has to be. I don't know too many people in. Omaha, Nebraska, who hail from the, you know, the heart of Dixie. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Roll Tide. <sighs> but, yeah, Clemson dominated that game, and they did it. Okay. With the, with the best recipe for success, offensive line and defensive line play. Okay, let's get, let's go back. Let's get into that game a little bit. What they did was they they just obliterated. It, Saban didn't know how to stop their offense. He just mm-hmm. flat out didn't. It was a one time when you looked at Nick Saban and said, "You do not have an answer for Clemson's offense and Trevor Lawrence." And that's really what happened in that game. Is Trevor Lawrence. And, and, it's, and it's time we stop calling some of these, he's a true freshman quarterback. For God's sakes, where'd the kid come out of? He came out of a school that's basically, what, a football school? Majored in football for four years. When these guys out, come out of those schools, they're not freaking freshmen anymore. They're basically like damn near semi-pro players, right? No, it's still a big jump. 
No, come on. You didn't so even. You, just could, just, you couldn't just agree with me. He's just a seriously <laughs> gifted, talented football player. Okay, well. You're, if you're Alabama or you're anyone playing Clemson that night, you're not going to win that game when you're playing against a quarterback who's making throws like Trevor Lawrence was. But you really you you agree that Bama had no they had no answer for Clemson's offense whatsoever. None. I mean, they bottled up their running game decently well, but when Trevor Lawrence is able to hit guys like Justin Ross and T Higgins on back shoulder throws and you know drop it in you know drop the ball into the bucket you know along the deep sideline to a receiver. I mean, there's no defensive scheme out there that can stop that. It's like, why is Aaron Rodgers so damn good? Because he hits those back shoulder throws. There's no defense that can defend against a back shoulder throw. I thought it so, was because of the discount double check. Oh, gosh. Thank, thank God they got rid of that commercial with the uh, the fat guy doing the Roger. I mean, that just made me irrationally pissed off any time they come on. <laughs> really? I, know, I have issues. I uh, fast forward through commercials, so I don't necessarily. I mean, I've, I'm really good at DVRing something and watching it about 40 minutes later, just so that I can fast forward through commercials. I don't have the discipline for that, <laughs> or the patience. I, you know, I I do that, but I don't do it during football because you know I I'm on Twitter and and doing that kind of stuff, but. Uh, uh, you know, with the the PlayStation Viewer, the 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 uh, streaming stuff, I haven't learned. Oh my God, I haven't no. learned uh, how to do this. I haven't uh, even learned how to. It's how sixty six sixty one, and Palmer shooting a free throw with twenty four seconds left. Sixty six sixty two with twenty four left. <laughs> that's that's fucking hilarious. It really is. I don't, you know, Palmer was like one of 15 at one point tonight, and it's like with a minute left, he suddenly said, ah, fuck this shit. I'm going to score. So I don't know. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Hey, better late than never, right? Yeah. If he would have been on all game, then we wouldn't be trying to claw our way back in, in the last minute. You know, or a couple yeah, this uh, this live podcast during his basketball games, like we're just sitting around at a bar, drinking some Coors Banquets. Well, you would be. I'd be drinking something tolerable. Oh, you'd be drinking your, you know, your fancy beer, your bourgeoisie beer. Ah. Bourgeoisie beer. Yeah, us lowly proletariat just drinking our Coors <laughs> Banquets. I mean, I think you overestimate how much I spend on beer. Probably, I. Coors Banquet, hey man, if I can get I can get a case of beer, case of Coors Banquet for fourteen bucks at Walmart, I'm taking it. All right, apparently I'm spending too much on beer. <laughs> yeah, damn it, I, uh, I I get a six pack of local stuff, uh, and it's seven or eight bucks. But it's local, yeah. you know. I'm putting money back okay. into the oh, local economy. Yeah, yeah, you're you know you're for the common man. That's right. I don't need to put any more money into Mr. Core's golden pockets, by God. Hey, that golden banquet beer. You know, I don't care if I line those golden pockets. The golden <laughs> banquet beer is the beer for me. John, you want to chime in? <laughs> no, I'm, no, what? I'm watching the end of this game and I dying. God damn, seriously. 
I'm not kidding. I gotta, you know what? I gotta go in for my fucking annual. I'm saying a lot of fucking tonight, ain't I? You can tell. Uh, you can tell that John's family's not home this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Uh, I'm going in for my annual cardiology check up here in about a week and a half, and and he's gonna go see. Do you have any problems? And I'm gonna look at him and I'm go. My fucking chest hurts when I watch Nebraska basketball. And he's gonna go. Oh, it does. Well, we have a cure for that. And I'm going to go, fuck you, run an EKG on me, you cocksucker. <laughs> you're, you're, you know what, John? You're many things, but above all else, you're a goddamn American treasure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they, one of the last times I was in there and they ran an EKG on me, on me I, you know, I knew, I, I glanced a look at it before the nurse walked out and she kept her cool and i i cannot remember the exact phrase uh you know in the medical terms when you have a heart attack it's not a it's not called a heart attack it's called oh, a what is it myocardial particles infarction is it yeah. yeah yeah and and it it literally on the ekg it said that and she walked out, and the cardiologist comes in, and he goes, the nurse is freaking out because the EKG says you're having a heart attack. And I said, I saw that. I said, what the hell's the deal? And he goes, he, goes, he just says, uh, listen, you have a weird EKG. It's normal for you now, but if anybody else ever looks at it, they're going to go, what the hell is going on with you, dude? So uh, what's going on right now is I'm watching Nebraska basketball. I just uh, should probably go take some nitro. No, I shouldn't. I made that up. I'm not going to the hospital. Uh, well, I haven't even been drinking. Wow, we lost. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, me in a normal. You know, this is me in my normal life. This is how keyed up I get sometimes. Yeah, I and I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this about Nebraska basketball this season. Uh, Every time, all I'm thinking about this season is Kent Babelka. Okay. Uh, I yeah. Go, I mean, go on. Elaborate. Kent Pavelka has been calling uh, Nebraska sports since I don't know. Since I was a kid, maybe I don't know how long. But uh, I'm trying to tweet and do this at the same time. He's been calling Nebraska sports as long as I can remember. And and what I think about Camp Pavelka is that he's always been very professional. He's always been very upbeat person. And you think about all the times in Nebraska basketball when you could have just lost your cool and done stuff. You know what I mean? But he's always kept an even keel. He's always been very upbeat. He's always stayed there in the action. He's always done this. And I would really just love to see us win an NCAA game this year just for Kent Pavilka. Because... Win one for Kent. Yeah! I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, the guy, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's been a staple. He's always upbeat. I think he's the model of a person that, you know, anybody would like to be in terms of being, uh, I don't know, I never heard a bad thing said about him in my life that I can recall. But uh, 
Yeah, that's what I think about when I watch Nebraska basketball. And I mean, let's face it, after this year, we're going to use three important seniors. And what's going to happen next season? I, who the fuck knows? I mean, you know, people, there's people out there, the honest to God, are like, you know, well, Tim Miles got to be fired. <laughs> like, we're going to get, like, for some reason, they think that Nebraska basketball is, in a, is just some name coach is ever going to come to Nebraska. Ever. You're saying well, that Mike we're, the, we're historically not... the worst Power Five basketball program of all time, right? Now, why? Well, because we're in Nebraska, because we have great fans in a great arena. That's neat. We've killed every coach's career that's been here. What happened to Doc Sadler after he left in Nebraska? What he happened was... to Danny Knee? Okay, Dan. What happened to Barry Collier? Okay, I can tell you. Well, I'm just going to keep talking and cut you Barry off. Barry Collier's the AD at Butler. Doc Sadler was the head coach at Southern Miss, and then he got fired. And well, Danny Nee, uh, you know, I think what I read in the World Herald last year, he's coaching high school ball in Pennsylvania. What's that? Like Danny Nee's coaching high school ball in Pennsylvania. Right. So pretty much you would say Nebraska – is a career-killing program. I think Danny killed his own career. Well, in a way, he might have. But that's... Can we but keep still, going back? You know, we like, want to keep going back? Even just the little bit of success that Nebraska basketball had in the 90s, it, you know, one, he needed to win a damn comp- or win a damn tournament game. But, you know, it kind of became, you know, more was expected. And as it should, you know, when you start getting some pretty good results and you take the next step. But Danny Nee wasn't exactly the person to take that next step. Not with how things were spiraling, you know, all over. Right. The place that yeah, program. that's true. We're not gonna I, go do, I do think that Miles has uh, kind of shown a blueprint for how to be successful in Nebraska. Because you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to go out, you're not going to be able to go out and recruit against actual basketball programs. You're going to take the kids that are transferring out of those programs that are still players and, and try to make them in something. Yeah, Although, you got to hit the transfer market. you got to yeah. really dig deep for, you know, diamonds in the rough. Yeah, because no matter no matter what, Nebraska just does not produce enough basketball talent that we're ever going to be able to. I mean, the the whole five hundred mile radius thing never comes up when it comes to basketball. Here's the thing, though, if Nebraska, if we could keep some talent, you know, let me rephrase this because it's going to sound a little bit <coughs> weird. If Nebraska could get Omaha talent, like you know, Kyrie Thomas. Justin Patton, guys like that, get them to Lincoln instead of them, you know, just going right down the road to you know, Creighton. The, the, those are some legitimate players. Those are some damn good players. But you know, Creighton, that presence in Omaha makes that a little difficult. And uh, it's that dynamic of having a another in-state program, something that football doesn't have makes recruiting for Nebraska basketball even more difficult. Well, maybe we should have Creighton shut down their program. <sighs> I, I, I don't even know if I should really ha- how to respond to that. It's so just nonsensical. Yeah, so what? Is it, though? Is it? Hey, if Nebraska basketball 
at Creighton's level of success, I would be very happy. I think we all would be very happy. No, I think we'd still find something to bitch about because when it comes to basketball, we're full of self-loathing. Well, just do what I do and wait it out until spring ball starts. I mean, I, I like Nebraska basketball, but nothing, well, nothing stokes the coals of emotion quite like Nebraska football. Yeah, but it's not here, is it? No, but, you know, we're, we're sitting on a podcast on a Thursday night in mid-January that centers around Nebraska football, so. Well, it does. It's still the elephant in the room. Okay, fine. I'm going to ask you a question. I probably could have waited till another podcast, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Does defense win championships? Ooh, interesting question. Mm, you know what? Here's the thing. It does. But you don't have to be holding people to 10 points per game. You just have to be able to play good situational defense on third down and in the red zone. See, I, I, I think, I think this is a, I think if you were able to, if you went out there and you asked like, let's say a hundred fans, hundred fans. And you said, does defense win championships? I bet everybody my age would go, yeah, defense win championships. But if you ask younger people, they'd all go, well, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Well, and it, it, there would there would be a clear generational split because I think what we're seeing now, where we're going with football, is that that statement is no longer true. I, if I could chime well, in, if I could, if yeah. if I could, maybe I don't know, bring some. Watch a lot of the football that's being played right now. There's not a whole lot of defense. I mean, there's not any defense in the Big uh, Twelve. Uh, NFL teams have shown that you know if you score enough points, defense doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, I just, the, the, you know, the young people who are watching, I mean, I love just like in baseball, I know it's not, you know, it's not putting many butts in seats. Um, but I love a pitcher's duel and in football, I love a defensive battle. I wanted to see, you know, what team is going to make the necessary adjustment to overcome if the final score is ten to seven or seven to three or you know something like that, that's I'd much rather see that than you know like like a college football playoff championship game that we saw. Not just because it had Alabama in it and I didn't watch it anyway, but you know a good close competitive match or, or game. I'd much rather watch that than you know I, I don't need the fireworks. I want to see some of the strategy, you know, and and you know who's going to be the coaching staff that outsmarts the other. For me, I'm all right if it's a low-scoring game. Just make it a good competitive game. Well, like I'm when I say like situational defense, I think that's where more strategy is involved rather than, you know, just being able to shut an offense completely down. That's more in the line of, you know, you're just so talented defensively. Kansas City Chiefs their overall defense has been one of the worst in the NFL all season, yet they you know, are tops in, near the top in the league in third down defense and quarterback sacks. You know, so they're able to you know, get off the field and the red, hold people to field goals in the red zone. Something that UCF did under Frost and something that I'm hopeful that we can do this year in year two. Um, 
So I, I love situational defense because that's really where it's won and lost. You know, they're down in the red zone and st- you got to be able to stop the run. Hmm. Because I, I, I think the way football is going is that uh, everything sooner or later is going to be the Big 12. I, I, don't, I, just I think don't disagree. They, they, you what? I don't disagree. I think that the offenses so are way cyclical. ahead of the defense. I think it'll come back to being more defensive, you know, more of a defensive game. Just because it's cyclical? Well, it's cyclical. You're seeing, what you're seeing right now is, you know, spread teams rose up, you know, the proliferation of the spread in the late 90s, early 2000s preyed upon defenses that, you know, were just kind of, you know, had a heavy personnel, you know, 4-3, you know, with two big DTs, you know, two DNs, linebackers that couldn't cover in space. And so the spread just ran roughshod over it. And then now we've seen in the past few years the tight front emerge for defenses in college football that's combating the spread. And you're seeing defenses get lighter with their personnel. You're starting to see a lot of hybrid players that don't really have a position per se. You know, you'll get like a big nickel, you know, who's quick enough and fast enough like a nickelback, but he's also big enough to help out and run support and rush the passer. And defenses are going to catch up eventually the more that, you know, people – invest in hybrid type players and you know getting a little bit more exotic in their coverage schemes like pattern matching and split field coverages that what you're going to see because defenses are going lighter in their personnel you're going to see a team come back with you know 12 personnel one back and two tight ends 21 personnel two backs one tight end 22 two backs two tight so that's going to, you know, they're just going to be able to maul lighter defensive personnel, and then that'll start the whole cycle over again. People so basically, you're on defense to stop running games. And then what you're going to see happen is teams are going to start spreading it out again with four receivers, you know, a lot of 10 personnel and 11 personnel. And it's just, it's always, there's going to be new advances in actual plays, but the actual philosophies are always going to be cyclical. In the 40s and 50s, there were a lot of shotgun offenses. Uh, slinging Sammy Baugh at TCU operated out of Dutch Meyer's spread offense. And then, you know, all of a sudden, we want to act in the 2000s like operating out of shotgun, some revolutionary thing. No, it's been done before. It just took a long time for it to come back around. So what you're saying is, is if Iowa hangs on to Kirk long enough... <laughs> They're going to be kicking some ass. No, because they're always going to be Iowa. <laughs> bravo, bravo. I, I saw oh. where Nate Stanley is returning, and I thought, oh, God. You know, last year last year at the beginning of the year, uh, that kid was on, like, NFL watch lists and, you know, play, award watch lists and stuff like that. And then he went out and had a 59% completion rate. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you watched Iowa much, but... I watched Watching the Iowa football is like having the option of going to <laughs> a Lutheran potluck on a Saturday night. No offense to the good Lutherans out there. Or 
going to, you know, an exciting party with a lot of good-looking women. The Lutheran potluck is just bland, you know? Like, it's not exciting. I bring my own hot sauce, sir. <laughs> oh, that's a, I bet that's something Kirk Ferentz has done before. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, I mean, there were times that I did watch Iowa football. I, I will admit it. But there were times at which literally Nate Stanley looks like he was more, he was terrified to throw the ball 10 yards down the field. It's no wonder yeah. they wasted two tight ends that were really the best two tight ends in college football. And now yeah. they're gone. He had what I call Alex Smith syndrome. Terror of interceptions? No, like, you know, not throwing a pass, you know, when. 10 yards downfield. It's like when the Chiefs lost to the Steelers in the divisional round of the playoffs two years ago. Yep. Alex Smith had Tyreek Hill wide, F and open, WFO, up the seam, clean pocket. Alex Smith flushes out of the pocket and throws like a three yard flat route on third and nine. Well, the reason, the reason I brought right, He looked right at Tyreek Hill before getting flushed out. Flushed out of the pocket under his own free will. The reason I brought up uh, Nate Stanley was I saw where Athlon, uh, Athlon Sports, with their way too early predicting the Big Ten West, predict Iowa to win it next year, and I thought, God, they couldn't win it this year when they have the whole damn thing was wide open and their schedule was a pile of poop. What the hell do you think they're going to do next year? And I mean, I realize they got some good players on defense, but for God's sake, come on, man. Now they get the uh, the pleasure and distinction of visiting Lincoln on Black Friday. Where yeah, they have we're, some. We're going to drop a half a hundred on them. They have some other tough home games, too. We shouldn't talk too long about Iowa. Uh, I don't know. What else is going on? Let's see. Uh, we went through Christmas and the holidays without talking about them. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll say this. I yep. want to say this about Iowa, and then that's no more. Okay. They beat Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl, a top 25 Mississippi State team. They did. That's true. That's true. And their people over at Go Iowa Awesome or Black Heart Gold Pants or whatever, you know, outfit is writing articles about Iowa Hawkeye football, Ferentz family football has a tweet that says, sad day for Nebraska fans, not in a bowl. Iowa wins the bowl, the Outback Bowl, and they'll pro- they probably won't get tipped on serving all those free blooming onions or something like that because Big Ten teams win, it's free blooming onions. I don't know. I, I, the Outback Bowl is pretty low on my list of concerns in life. But I retweeted it, and I had to because it just, you know, I lived to antagonize Iowa fans. And it dawned on me, which is why I tweeted it, what do Nebraska and Iowa fans have in common? They both can't stop thinking about Nebraska football. They just (laughs) put a top 25 SEC team in their bowl game. And their first thought is Nebraska. (coughs) Hashtag rent free. There you go. So how everybody's holidays were good? They survived. Survived. Okay. <laughs> survived. Uh, developed a love of drinking red wine over the holidays. I uh, continued to eat 
and eat some more. Uh, we emptied. Uh, my dad, since he retired, apparently has decided that he likes to bake. So he oh, made nice. made a bunch of cookies. Uh, you know, like a lot of them are my grandma's recipe. So it's all you know, like stuff that I grew up with. Uh, so for Christmas, we got a tin of you know cookies, of, you know chocolate chip, and the Christmas cutouts and you know things like that. And then when I saw him, or you know when we saw them the next week at church, we go to the same church as them. I brought back the empty tin. And be like, uh, this is empty. And he said, I got you covered. And he had a Ziploc bag full of more <laughs> cookies. So shout out to Pops for, uh, uh, for, for doing, doing the Lord's work and, and keeping, keeping his, uh, his, his son and, and the son's family well fed on Christmas goodies. So That's a hell of a guy right there. And now, my mom retired too. Um, Actually, I think it was the day after uh, this last episode dropped, uh, right before Christmas. So, or I should say, nice. last time we we got okay. together. So, uh, shout congratulations out to, to Mrs. Mahachko. Yeah, shout out to her. She she spent thirty something years at the same, you know, hospital or the same hospital company doing you know various things, and and certainly earned uh, earned her retirement. And since Dad's been retired for a couple of years and has done most of the stuff to the house that the, you know they. I think they set out to do. I hope that I hope that she's able to kind of kick her feet up and, and relax for a little while. So we'll see. Absolutely, well earned. That's all I've got. John, what? <laughs> uh, have you thrown Rotten Son out of the house yet? He went back to the, uh, well. He's gone back and forth to his apartment and stuff. So his school start next Tuesday. Would you do me a favor, since obviously you're not going to text your uh, wife those things we asked you to text her last year? <laughs> uh, can you next time Rotten Son leaves? Can you change all the locks on the house? No, because the mom would let him in again. <sighs> can you put it outside? I, I don't. I don't know how to politically correct way to say that. Just you know, it, it, like a dog. No, don't let her near the near the door. Is what I'm saying. Say, oh, honey, it must be some stranger. We don't know him. At this point, why don't you just ride him out of your will? Yeah, that's $9.63. That son of a bitch ain't ever going to get, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he's not going to be able to afford new new jewel pods. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you don't know what a jewel pod is? I, I'm old. I'm in my 30s, so no. God, I can really tell that I spend most of my time around... <laughs> 18 to 22 year olds in a college classroom. Dude, what is it? It's basically an e-cig. Oh, okay. It's all the rage. Smoking's cool, or vaping, whatever the kids are calling it these days. Evidently, smoking's cool again. Oh, great. Yeah, that, that reminds <laughs> me, did, did you all ever see, it's a. It's kind of a um, satire, it, it's, it, it's absolutely satire. It's a movie that's a about 12 years old maybe 13 called thank you for smoking yes i have i didn't it, it, you need to find that john john you would love that movie is it a documentary about how the tobacco companies convinced everybody to smoke no it, it's, it's an actual movie uh aaron eckhart oh. uh, stars in it katie holmes um but it's it's uh, essentially it's a, about a tobacco lobbyist who uh, you know, it, it's his job to, you know, keep America smoking. But it, it, it's there's a lot of satire. I, you know, I, I don't smoke. Uh, I, I'm a non-smoker. 
uh, so I'm not advocating for smoking. But the movie itself is is really good, really an eye opener. So I encourage that. That's my that's my movie pick of the week that uh, we decided to start this time now. Uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I got nothing what? else. And and, <laughs> and Haas, you you specifically requested that we get this show wrapped up in less than an hour. I think you have some paper you have to finish by midnight. Yeah, I do. I'm uh. This semester is gonna just seriously tax tax me. I was gonna say something much more eloquent. I'm but, not. Uh, uh, I, I so much so much teaching. I'm sorry. What's the paper in? Uh, the paper is for my secondary education management class. You know what you should do then is teach them to be Husker fans. There are a lot of Husker fans in that school too. Well, there you go. Um. I got nothing else. I'm, I think we should wrap it up and talk. Okay. Do you mean I swore enough earlier? Oh, we definitely hit our quota. <laughs> okay. In fact, I think I think there's a credit on the, our account that you you can officially swear seven less times next week. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Fuck! Don't call me during a fucking basketball game. <laughs> Excellent. Point. Hey, you got to take that up with Haas. Haas is the one who determines what night, you know. I always ask the question in, in our uh, Slack conversations as to what night works best for you. Because John's like me. After a certain point of the night, it doesn't matter what night for me. But Haas is always like, well, I've got this going on. I've got to go to the gym. I've got to, you know, I've got to impress the ladies. I've got this and that and the other thing going on. All I ask <laughs> is, dude, whatever you do before you hop on Skype with us, please take a shower. That's, that's my only request. Uh, I did. So. <laughs> So, I took a shower and ate a fajita. There you go. I, I had barbecue. I had uh, nice. world-class barbecue tonight. Uh, so, um, Dickies? No, no. Beast Craft Barbecue, Belleville, Illinois. Check it out, anybody in the uh, metro area. So, Speaking um, of Dickies Barbecue, there's nothing wrong with Dickies Barbecue. It, is it great barbecue? No, but it's still okay. I've, I've not had Dickies Barbecue. Because I live in Illinois. Illinois? Yeah, Illinois. So. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. All right. I, know, I hate when I hear people say that. <laughs> I know it's been a few weeks. Uh, we, You guys remember your parts as we wrap up the show? Yeah, I might be a little, um, out of, I might be a little rusty, but I remember. John, are you on board? What? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. All right. Uh, Here we go. Shut up for a minute, John. That is it for another hopefully entertaining episode of the Five Heart Podcast. I'm Greg Mahochko, flanked by my right hand, Haas Reuter, and I guess that makes John Dam Johnston my left hand, which is good because I'm right-handed. So I don't, I don't. Never mind. Where are you Uh, going with this? (laughs) I'm getting the hell out of here. Uh, We remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need, John. Go Big Red! Win the damn off-season. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.